It's 2019, Somicron. How do you feel about that? It is. You're one of those people who don't care what year it is, right? How come we celebrate the Earth moving around the sun one time? That's just a human thing. It's just a human construct. Is that you? <laughs> no. No. Because all that celebration and then complaining of the celebration usually happens around midnight to the night. It doesn't really extend too far either side. And I'm asleep either side. (laughs) Ah, so you don't hear about it. No, but I'm saying you don't care about 2019 because what? Uh, You don't care about the fact that it's a new year because insert reason here. Oh, because it makes no difference to the daily routine. Ah, so there you go. There you go. See, my biggest thing was when it was a new year in school, I would write 2018 or, you know, 1996 when it was 97 (laughs) on my papers for like a month. And there'd be a whole bunch of stuff I'd turn in where it'd be like... 1996, scribble, 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 seven. And it just, it sucked. I was no good at it. I don't have to do that anymore for anything, really. I'm not writing dates on things. It doesn't matter. But mm, yeah, that's my memory of the biggest difference in my life when the year changed. I can, I can assure you, people at my work still do that. It's like, they'll, I bet you for the next, <laughs> yes. for the next month, I'm going to see like January 18. Right now. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah. I'm glad to hear it's not just me that's stupid. A lot of other people are too. I mean, I did it in school. Sure. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. so this is a common thing then. It's not just that I'm stupid. It's everyone <laughs> no. is dumb. Good. Yeah, everyone is dumb, and everyone continues to be dumb as long as they continue to use physical pens at a T point. It's truth, man. So true. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, it is cold as butts out here. It was five degrees this morning as I was driving into work. Nice. That's. Is that five Fahrenheit? <laughs> Of course it is. I will never use Celsius. Just just recognize that now. Yeah, but now I'm going to like look it up. It is far below freezing. How about that? That's very below freezing. That's 15 below freezing. Isn't it so cold? <laughs> the reason I knew it was cold is because I got in my car and there's a little uh, thermometer in my car, like on the dashboard showing how cold it is outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was driving at a, like in my neighborhood, and I was like, oh, it's only like 22? That's crazy. And then I for, had forgotten that that temperature is the temperature inside my garage. <laughs> and that <laughs> as I drive more, it's like, oh, hold on. It's changing a lot. And then by the time I actually got onto the road, it was 5. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's below freezing in my garage? You don't see that very often. So yeah. cold. <laughs> Sounds very cold, yeah. It's gross. The good news is it's not snowing, but that's kind of actually a it's a, it's a combined thing. If it's too cold, it won't snow. I don't know all the physics behind it, like the weather weather knowledge, but if it's too cold, even if the clouds like have moisture in them, it won't snow, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because God wants to spare us from having to shovel snow in three-degree temperature. <laughs> uh, no, no, I've read bits of the Old Testament. I don't think he's that kind. Well, it's, it's New Testament times now. It's post-Jesus, so he's nice. <laughs> Oh, okay. He had a kid and everything was reformed in his mind. He suddenly became I mean, a good person. That's kind of how people see it. Old Testament God is vengeful and hates everyone, and New Testament God is nice. So that's where we are now. We're just we're post-Old Testament, therefore everything is nice. Uh, I don't think it snowed in the Old Testament, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All that brimstone hellfire kept it from getting quite that low temperature. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. That I mean, they sense. never mentioned snow in the Old Testament, so clearly it just never snowed anywhere on Earth. <laughs> yeah, that must be it. 
<laughs> I'm a Bible scholar. You can take my word for this. I, I'm going to have to because I really don't want to get into it because people think I'm Bible bashing people. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so here's what we did when we weren't doing a podcast over the Christmas holiday is uh, I made a tweet and then Sambacaron responded to it and we fought about stuff. I said, let's save this for the pod. And then I was like, well, why don't you write your thoughts down somewhere? And he thought, I'll just put it in the comments here. And so we did. And so it took me a second to find this tweet, but it exists. Yes. Uh, so bottom line, I said, dear Disney, and I added Disney because Disney reads all their ads. Please give <laughs> us a movie where Darth Vader hunts down Jedi after Revenge of the Sith. It should be like this. And then I linked to the Darth Vader scene in Rogue One where he just pones like all the rebels in that spaceship. Just It was mm-hmm. so easy for him. It was beautiful. Yeah. And I said, thanks, Falcon Paladin. Mm-hmm. And then Laughing Games responded. He is my co-caster for the whole uh, Africa World stuff. Good dude, Canadian. He said, "I'm still recovering from Order sixty six. You can't have more Jedi dying," which is mm-hmm. a fairly fair point. I responded, "Order sixty six was dumb. Weak Jedi that were easily killed by clone troopers. Give me a strong, smart Jedi that Vader has to work to kill. That is a good movie." Ta da! Uh-huh. I like this. Then you came in and were whiny and said, we're on break from the podcast. Now you tweet about stuff I can talk about. Why do you do this? I said, I don't see why we can't talk about this on the pod. And now we are. See? And your response that is, like, we talked a bit more, but then the response that makes sense is, I'll do this here. Post-Revenge Vader wasn't as badass immediately prior to A New Hope. You could tell an interesting story, but the fights wouldn't or shouldn't go like Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Which is accurate. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yes. Because, per- per- okay, so... I've had two weeks to think about this and it's one of those things where it's, I immediately regret sticking my finger in this, right? Or my foot in this or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) whatever whatever the expression is. I don't know. Uh, Because it, it, when Disney acquired Star Wars and they did like the universal rewrite on all things canon and extended universe, it left a lot of the fans being in a place that essentially is, well, this is my canon. And, from my understanding is post Revenge of the Sith, Darth Vader was in extreme amounts of pain at all times. Right? Well, sure, for for like some time, yes. For, for, I agree. for, for always, because the en- the Emperor engineered his suit personally to keep him in extreme pain at all times as punishment for letting Obi Wan live. Right? He Except let, he to- tried to kill him, he just failed. What the crap, yeah, dude? But you don't fail the Emperor is the live. point. Okay, fine, but for you, okay. Then the way we say this is for failing, not for letting Obi Wan live, because he didn't do that. The difference is a matter of semantics to the Emperor, and he's not interested. All right. Okay, fine, whatever. So the suit is engineered to cause Vader pain at all times, except yes. in that fight in Rogue One, where he's totally fine. Let me finish. After twenty mm. years, he's come accustomed to living in constant pain and has learned how to fight in it. But his fighting style is significantly different. Right, he becomes like a walking tank. He just cuts through everything. But that's not how he fights at the. That's not how he fights specifically at the end of Revenge of the Sith. He hasn't learned how to do that yet. So he you could how to do it by the end of Rogue One either. Yeah, he has. He's still a walking tank. He doesn't do any no. flips or quick movements at all. Yeah, but that's my point. He he's used to doing quick flips. He's now in a suit where he's constantly in immeasurable pain. He can't fight like he can at the end of Rogue One. He can barely walk, let alone control all these new uh, cybernetic implants and stuff that's keeping him alive. Okay, fine, cool. Yeah. So how long do you think it takes him to become badass fighter at the end of Rogue One? At least 20 years. Really? You don't think he got it figured out in like 
a year or two? It's a long no. time, dude. No, I'm saying experience always accumulates, right? And if he's yeah. if he's at 20 years roughly at the end of Rogue One, since the end of Rogue, then that's how he's fighting after 20 years of experience. You can't condense 20 years of experience into one year of training. But people plateau. Like, you reach a point where you're a badass fighter, and then you don't just keep getting exponentially better past that no. point. But combat experience... Right. It, like, okay, so you think pro gamers who have eight years in StarCraft 2 are just as good as when they were at one year. They just plateaued and cruised since then until no, they retired. No, absolutely not. No, I say everybody hits a place where they become pretty much as good as they're ever going to be. And sure, they might improve a little bit, but it's not super noticeable. Um, and maybe that's three years. Maybe that's five years for StarCraft Two players. And mm. maybe it's three years and five years for Darth Vader. And sure, he got better in the subsequent 15 years, but not so much that you're like, dang, you're way better than you were 15 years ago. I think when it comes to overhauling his entire fighting style, it might take some time. Especially sure, but when there's nothing to overhaul. Now you walk in a straight line, use the force a lot, and kill people with your lightsaber. You don't have any fancy flips or like crazy backwards angle flip attacks at the ankles. Like you don't do anything. It's very simple now. It doesn't take but, a lot to learn strategically. But if you're fighting Jedi who do, you do need to learn how to use your. Uh, also, another thing I'll throw in there is he's also significantly taller in the suit, right? And that can really throw off what's left yep. of his inner ears, and he'll just be super uncoordinated, <laughs> right? Yes, okay, but the lore says, after Revenge of the Sith, Darth Vader hunted down and exterminated the remainder of the Jedi. So you're arguing he sucked at fighting, and the Jedi that he killed sucked worse. No, no. No, I didn't say he would be bad at fighting. I'm saying the fighting wouldn't strictly look how it went in the end of Rogue One. Well, because he's not fighting Jedi. He pwned those dudes. But I'd watch a fight where he beats a Jedi, even if he no, doesn't just pwn but, them. I don't but, need pwning. But what you said is you said it should look like this, or it should yes. be like this. And yes. I'm saying it shouldn't look like this. Okay, in the sense that it's easy for him, and he walks through it and cuts through everything like he's cutting through butter that's been warmed in the microwave. Right. I don't want that. I don't want him just to easily behead the Jedi that he finds. That'd be boring. <laughs> but that's what you said. Correct. And that's what uh, I was refuting. Just <laughs> in in the atmosphere, in the holy crap, Darth Vader is terrifying. He's killing these Jedi, and it's not easy for him, but he's killing all of these Jedi who are older and more experienced than he is because he's like 22. Is he? I think at that point he's like late 20s. Uh, mm, old enough to be given the title of uh, Jedi Master. Whatever, he's super gifted. That's all it is. <laughs> Let's right. see. Um, okay. Here's Anakin's age from Wikipedia. Mm. So I'm trying to link this to events or movies. It said he was nine years old in episode one. And it's uh, uh, episode two, he's 19, and three years later, in which episode three is set, he's 22. 22. Bam! Okay. Nailed it. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. Good for you. Okay, good. He's 22. <laughs> okay? So he's 22. He's been dismembered and set on fire, and he's uh -huh. wearing a suit that keeps him in constant pain all the time, and he's still beating experienced, wizened Jedi who were too smart to be killed by the clones during Order 66. I'm watching that. Okay. 
you've got now got like what is essentially like a Michael Bay movie. Great action and some interesting <laughs> visuals, but no story. How do you fit that together thematically and not make it suck? What how what how do you mean make well, it fit together thematically? Well, okay. It's the journey of Darth Vader learning to deal with the pain, learning to deal with the suit. Maybe he takes out some easy Jedi early on, someone who were just lucky to escape the clones, and okay. then moves his way up the ladder. It's progressive. No. There's a story. <laughs> There's a part of a story. You've got like a, a second act there. Uh, and sometimes before... <laughs> he asks the Emperor to turn down the pain, and the Emperor's like, screw you, man. It makes you stronger. No, no I can okay. come up with tons of parts to this story. It'll be fine. <laughs> No, uh, Disney. No. At me. You are you are George Lucas writing episode one at the moment. <laughs> <gasps> How dare you! You've got How some good ideas, you. but you're really not thinking it through, right? Okay, because here's the thing: audiences love a villain when they seem like the good guy. Darth Vader at this po- moment has no intention of being remotely the good guy, right? There's not there, there's no way you can skew his point of view into thinking he's the good guy. Are you saying there's right. never been a film made where the antagonist is straight up just a bad dude? No. Okay, so okay. who's the good who's the good guy? The Jedi that he inevitably slaughters? Right? You then have a disappointing ending, and audiences rarely remember much more than the ending when they review a film. <laughs> Look, everybody said, holy crap, that scene with Darth Vader murdering all those helpless rebels in Rogue One is the best part of that film. Nobody was like, oh, what a sad ending. We hate this movie because Darth Vader was awesome and killed a bunch of good guys. No, that's not how that went at all. Yeah, exactly, because what they said was Darth Vader is intense, but the Rebels still got the Death Star plans immediately leading into another film, right? So they know where that goes into a new hope. Yes, yes, and you know where all the Jedi getting extinguished goes into a new hope. <laughs> no, because that you're happens... Making dec- you're making no. your arguments for me. No, because the end of Rogue One takes place immediately end of uh, at the start of Hope, right? A New Hope. If you wanted a movie, um, like th- even three years post Sith, it doesn't lead into anything, right? You th- you then basically lead into like the Rebels TV show, maybe, <laughs> which, eh, right? Sure, you can do. Right, I'm not interested in seeing that. You need like. Delphator, does is Delphator the main character, or does he just happen to show up and kill things? Right, he's the he's absolutely the main character, unquestionably so. So so okay, you've got a main character who can't have a redemption arc. How do you sell that to people? Because you then just have a movie where he kicks like us for two hours, and that would be cool. No. But no, no, maybe he loses sometimes, and he has to come back later when he's stronger and better. Mm. And maybe he has to have help. Maybe he has to bring. Like Imperial Guards to help with some fights. There's stuff you can do here though, where he doesn't just win, win, win for two hours. I'm saying you can do that. I said that in the tweet. Like You could tell an interesting yeah. story, but yeah. you, are, you aren't presenting an interesting story. <laughs> you've, you've, yeah. given me, you've given me episode one. You took one tweet and extrapolated what I meant by that all the way down to the nuts and bolts. No, I haven't super fleshed out the entire thing, but I'm telling you. If right. you had a whole movie, if you put a movie poster up that had Darth Vader standing in the dark with only his lightsaber flash lighting the room and says, Darth Vader kills Jedi for two hours, people would pay to see this film. Yeah, of course they would. It's Star Wars. Okay. All right. You, you could put Jar Jar Binks in, like, on a f- f- poster in the dark with a lightsaber saying, Jar Jar Binks 
kills Jedi for two hours, people would still go see it. Mm, how how well did Solo do again? What is this? You can just make any Star Wars film and we'll make a million dollars. I think that narrative has been destroyed. I didn't say it would be a commercial success. I said people would pay to go see it. Okay, it'd be a commercial success. Would it be a critical rated success? R, rated, I don't know. Maybe if it was well made. I don't think the concept determines how well the critical reception is going to be. It's the execution thereof. Okay, but your concept is very limited. It's the the action scenes in Transformers. That's it. You, I'm trying to explain that just Darth I Vader... Ju- I, I like, gave you several aspects of human interest, <laughs> and you're pretending like I didn't say anything about that. You didn't give me any human interest, because Darth Vader's I character did. doesn't fundamentally change. You want to set him as the protagonist, I, but his character doesn't fundamentally change during that time period. I just told you, he starts out missing his arms and legs, feeling sorry for himself, his wife's dead, and his kids are dead, as far as he knows, and he's got this crappy suit, and he's in pain all the time, and he figures out how to deal with it and adjust, and then he's a competent Sith Lord by the time he's done. Progress. Fundamental change. Boom. No. No. I still don't, I still don't like that. You don't think that's fundamental, or you just don't like it? I just don't like it. Okay, fine. You cannot like it, but don't tell me I'm just making a Michael Bay movie here. Sheesh. Mm, I mean, he's if, sort of all. If the shoe fits. Mm. If the shoe fits, yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> fine. All right. Uh, so tweet at me at Falcon Paladin or tweet at Somicron at AT Somicron. Mm. Your thoughts about whether you would see this movie that I've outlined or whether you think it's hot garbage. And uh, I mean, we'll okay. See, we'll see who wins. Maybe I'll put up a poll. Now, if you want to get meta with it, I would say the people currently running Star Wars aren't equipped to make a good movie out of that. Right? Let's say it could be done well, and what you have is great. I'm not entirely sure. I, I have faith in the uh, filmmakers at the moment in charge of that franchise. Well, it's all director anyway. Haven't we learned that? No, it's not all director. Because I've seen films where they've like scrapped the director halfway through and scrapped like main cast. Everyone's replaceable on that setting. Yeah, I'm not saying they're not replaceable. I'm saying who the director is matters. Apparently Solo was garbage until they brought in Ron Howard and he saved the film. Director matters. Yeah, the director matters, but I don't think he's the end all. Right, I don't think it's the determining factor. Right, I don't know. Because- I just think a super talented director can work with lesser talented people as actors and a lesser script and make it in something good and i also think a good script with good actors can be ruined by a horrible director how do you feel about m night Shyamalan? i think he's okay i think he's made a couple of great films and some ones that aren't as good yeah okay that, you could say that about anyone but that's the point people some people either like really love him they think he's a great director and he's worked with very good filmmakers before, but he still made Avatar The Last Airbender movie, <laughs> right? You can have a good Shaman actor. Shaman did? Oh, yeah. yes, he did. Man, yeah. I forgot that. How gross <laughs> is that film? It's so bad, but it it's makes for so a fantastic, bad. like, study piece. Because there are so many parts of it that are just so bad, you can, like, really nitpick and learn a lot from it if you're looking into filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. And how to not adapt things, right? Yeah, yeah. And how to get input from, like, the original creators and then ignore it as well. <laughs> it's a good life study that way. It's so mm-hmm. bad. No. I'm just saying, director matters a lot. It's not a slam dunk if you have a good director, but I'm saying the Transformers franchise went from Michael Bay to this Travis Knight guy, 
new director entirely, and Bumblebee is critically and audiencely received a thousand times better than the last four Transformers movies that Michael Bay has done. They literally mm. changed the director. He did a bunch of different things that are super visible and super apparent in the film. It's much better, much more fun to watch. You have characters you can relate to much better than Bay ever could manage to pull off. And it's a better film. That's all they did. They did not change anything else. Director. But is it a commercial success? Bumblebee? Yeah. Like, how much is mm. it making? Bumblebee. Box office mojo. It has made $168 million uh-huh. on a $135 million budget. And it's been in theaters for a week. Okay. I think it'll be so, fine. A week is maybe a little too early to tell. But they have at least made money, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guarantee you that if it doesn't like those are rookie numbers, it needs to bump those numbers up. It's been a week, right? Right. But I okay. still think I still think uh, whoever it is that owns Transformers would Sony? rather have Michael. No, I don't think it's Sony because it's who does own it? I don't know. Paramount is the distributor. Okay. Is it Hasbro? I bet it's Hasbro. Well. Hasbro is one of the production companies. Hasbro. Hasbro owns the license. So hmm. I would still bet they would rather see Michael Bay come back if it meant they got more money. Yeah, no, for sure. They don't care about the ratings. They don't care about Rotten Tomatoes. They just care about the cash that it brings in. Yeah, Agreed. so a, cri- a critical success it might be, and a commercial, like, it might be profitable, but if they could trade that all in for three times as much money, I think that's where the line is drawn. Gotcha. Yeah. Also, it was released in January, which isn't a great month for movies, period. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's hard to be a huge blockbuster hit in January. Yeah. So I don't know. That hurts, too. I just assumed Sony was involved because there is so much 80s music in this film, in Bumblebee. It is crazy. It's set in like 1985 or whatever. It's mid 80s. It's hmm. total, total 80s. There's so much 80s music. Like, you watch the credits at the end, and there are 37 songs. That they list as being in the film. And I was like, how could they afford the music licenses for all of these? And I assumed maybe Sony was involved somehow and they just own the music anyway, but it doesn't look like it. Hmm. Well, uh, one is set in the 80s, so they need 80s music. They, they kind of, well, if they well, want they, if they want thematically appropriate music, they need to yep. pay for it, regardless of who's charging them. Secondly, this came out last month for me. It's been out since before Christmas. Oh, interesting. I wonder if it released earlier in other places than the U.S. Oh, check it out. It premiered in Berlin on December 3rd. It got released in the yeah. U.S. weeks later. Yeah. Huh. So it's been out for a while, and, you know, it's making it's made profit. I think it'll be fine. I think, I honestly feel like a lot of people said Transformers, eh. I didn't really like the last movie necessarily, but with some good bu- <clears throat> buzz around it, which again is not a dad joke, it's just the word. <laughs> It'll—I uh, don't know. I think kind of helps movies later on to have longer lives and stick around <laughs> in theaters for more weeks. You think if it gets enough buzz, it'll get some lift? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. Since we definitely haven't spoken to each other since last year, how was your Christmas and New Year? It was fine. Just stayed home. Didn't have to travel anywhere. It's nice and relaxing. I was, uh, the company basically shut down from a couple days before Christmas mm. until today, January 2nd. So it was pretty chill. Fair enough. Fair enough. And didn't really go anywhere. Didn't really do much. Um, I mean, I guess I did watch some anime, which we'll talk about. And 
Went to see Bumblebee, obviously. Mm-hmm. You see anything else at the, at the theaters? Did I see anything else at the theaters? I don't think I did. I think that's did, the one thing I went and saw. You didn't caught up in any other webs at the cinema? <laughs> when did I see Into the Spider-Verse? I thought that was before Christmas. No, I don't think so. Because I only went and saw it a couple days ago. Well, sure. And I thought you wanted to talk about it. I absolutely do, 100%. I don't know if All we right. have time for this podcast, dude. <laughs> Who knows? I'm really not sure that we do. All right. Enter the Spider-Verse came out 2.7 weeks ago. Hmm. According to box office, Mojo. I don't know. Whatever. I saw it at <laughs> some point. We didn't have a podcast between then and now. Came out in Boxing Day in Australia. <laughs> I don't know when that is. I'm an American. December 26th. Huh. All right. All right. You want to skip it then? No, absolutely not. I want to talk about it. It was great. <laughs> It was super, super good. I went into it kind of expecting just a fun Spider-Man movie, maybe nothing that great, because again, December, January release, they don't put amazing movies out in these months, but I don't know. Apparently, they kind of do. I just, I don't know. It was, it was amazing. I loved the characters. I loved the voice work on the characters. The story was interesting. The animation style was visually compelling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I enjoyed the fact that they introduced original universe Spider-Man and he was a tech genius and he was a great fighter and he had a stable home life. And then Kingpin murders him in the first 10 minutes. I was like, holy crap. This movie (laughs) is not messing around. It was Game of Thrones-esque, man. This is Sean Bean getting beheaded Mm. out there. Mm, was Except it faster mm, was it though no because game of thrones gave us more time with sean nah, bean nah that's not the point i was making i'm just gonna say oh that was like one of two deaths in the entire film oh yeah yeah, yeah. i just went on the aspect of here's a character that we're introducing to you that is awesome and you like him and then he's gonna die sooner than you expect him to that's it. No, I didn't. I don't not mean, expect him to die i i, I almost went in and when they expected him yeah. to die yeah Cause I thought he, I thought he would train Miles Morales. He's like, I'll help you figure out how to do the Spider-Man thing. You're like me. Hang on, let me save the world real quick, and then we'll get that thing started. It sets up expectations of future relationship. It's trying to, but when you go in expecting that, like, when they introduce like original Sam Raimi Spider-Man, and then but you know the films about Miles Morales, you kind of expect him to die at some point. Not in the first ten minutes, by any means. Why did you expect him to die fast? Because the point is. Bringing lots of spiders from multiple universes. Sure. Right. And you have two spiders from the fo- from the same universe. So it's too crowded? Uh, partially. But I've seen enough movies to know that like, when you have multiple universe stuff, someone's got to stay behind or like they're going to start dying in the wrong universe. Like I just kind of saw that coming. And if you well, have two Spider-Man- but if you have two Spider-Mans, it's not really a problem. Right. I mean, I could see him dying midway through the film or three quarters of the way through the film. I just, I don't see the logic behind expecting him to die that fast. And I'm pretty sure that's what they were going for. Well, when they were making I expect, movie. I mean, either way, at the end of the day, I expected him to die when was, it was just a matter of when, not if. Sure, 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 sure. But you weren't shocked at all. It was at that point, like they just met. He was like, holy crap, kid, you have spider powers like me. I can totally help you with this. Hang on a second. You need, can you help me with saving the world real fast? And uh, I'll be right back. And bam, he's gone. Not really, because they set him up as, hey, everything's going right. My marriage is great. I've saved the world a bunch or the city a bunch or whatever. And and it's like, okay, you've been on a really good, like, win streak. Here's where it goes wrong. The regression to the mean is what you're saying. Yeah. In fairness, in retrospect and on reflection, I kind of feel like 
the universe had to kill that Spider-Man because he was too put together. Like what makes Spider-Man <laughs> Spider-Man is there's some aspect of his life that's garbage, right? Right. Well, that's He's usually not the quite... Uncle Ben thing. Well, they all have that. They all have the family member or loved one that died because they screwed up type of deal. Yeah. Uh, but no, I just meant like either your family life's not that great or you're not that smart with tech or you're not that great of a fighter or whatever, whatever. There's something about Peter Parker's life in every incarnation that is just like something a little bit off, something he's not quite happy about. It's not quite mm-hmm. Deadpool level where I feel like he has to be consistently miserable. But, mm. like, that's why young Spider-Man in high school, like, struggling to do school and be Spider-Man and learn about his powers and everything kind of sucks a little bit is my favorite Spider-Man. I like that one a lot. He's right. more relatable that way. Okay. Anyway. I mean, it especially doesn't help when you, like, if your argument is he's too put together, when you basically later find out he has a bat cave, <laughs> right? Yes. And he's just <laughs> apparently just has billions of dollars lying around for like spider cars and spider motorbikes and six suits. It would, I think it was more than six, but yeah, it was a lot of suits. Mm. Yes. Right. He apparently lives in a small home, but he blows all his money on crazy spider tech that no one else has access to. And no one's even thought about doing because every other spider person's like, holy crap, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so yeah, it's just the universe saying what? Pig Spider doesn't have to because he can just like fit an anvil well, and mallets into his pockets and stuff. I don't understand anything about Spider-Pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he can conjure things from nowhere. So what does he need money for? It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. My, when, I, when we were walking out of the theater, my brother did point out that in the end credits, the Spider-Pigs are eating a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Oh boy, that's good. I don't know. I think I, I liked Spider Pig, but he's the thing about the movie I think the least about. He was mm-hmm. just kind of like there and like fought a little bit and had some one liners. And yeah, I was much more interested in Noir Spider Man, despite the fact that he's as small a character as Spider Pig is. Mm, yeah. Not just because he was voiced in by Nicolas Cage, which was beautiful casting. Oh, was he? Um, yes. Isn't that so perfect? Didn't even notice. Yeah, he was great. Just his trans, like how he was transfixed with a Rubik's cube and took it back <laughs> to his <laughs> own universe and like holding presentations mm. about it. Oh yeah. my gosh, I liked it a lot. I liked him. Yeah. Uh, have you seen New Girl? We talked about New Girl. I asked you to watch mm. New Girl. Did you? Well, no, I haven't I asked seen you to New Girl. Try New Girl, kind of. And I was like, it's kind of like Friends. And you were like, a lot of stuff claims to be kind of like Friends. And they always lie. <laughs> and I was like, wow. <laughs> There's a lot of hurt in that, Salmacron. I'm sorry to bring that up. <laughs> I vaguely remember this conversation. Well, now it's you who's forgetting things. What is going on? 2019 is the mirror universe, apparently. Upside down world. Anyway, uh, there's a character on New Girl. Uh, named Nick Miller, who's kind, who voiced uh, depressed Spider-Man in sweatpants, and he's basically just doing Nick Miller if he were Spider-Man. He's kind of overly confident for reasons that are un unknowable. He's kind of a screw up, but he's also kind of good at other stuff. He doesn't relate to people very well. He's kind of selfish. Like it just all it was just me imagining Nick Miller as being Spider-Man the whole time because that it was the voice and it worked and. It was hilarious. So he was fun. 
uh, I did like, again, that's the Spider-Man that I like. The one who's screwed up his personal life and is kind of in some kind of a sadness, depression spiral. Mm. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, what else? I love Spider-Gwen so much. Mm-hmm. So, I was sense. talking to one of my coworkers, and apparently Spider-Gwen's origin story, which they do say in the movie is, like, her friend Peter Parker died, and she feels responsible for it. Chill. So, in the Spider-Gwen universe, Peter Parker is Dr. Connors. He's doing all this crazy science stuff, and he turns himself into the lizard and is crazy dangerous and murders all these people. And in Spider-Gwen's attempts to turn him back into Peter Parker during a fight... And, like, stop him. In the process of turning him back into a human, he loses his regenerative factor. And all the damage he took during the fight with Spider-Gwen kills him. Okay. And that's how he dies. And she feels incredible amounts of guilt about this, like, forever. And that's kind of why she was saying, I don't do friends. She didn't want to get close to anybody. Um, a lot of it was that. Okay. That's all. I liked her a lot. I liked her line, you don't get to say that you like my haircut. <laughs> that was cute, yeah. I thought that was funny. Yep. Uh, and then Miles himself I thought was a really great character. I think they did a great job with him early establishing that, you know, he was fish out of water. He has a bunch of friends as his old school, but his dad feels like he's talented enough and gifted enough to go to this really, you know, pricey high school for kids. And he doesn't feel like he fits in. He doesn't have any friends and... He wants to rebel, but at the same time, he loves his parents. And it's just, I don't know. They did a great job telling us who he was through the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. I thought that was really, really well done. I just liked him through the rest of the film. Yep. He's a solid character. Yeah. Yep. And I don't quite know how this, like, you get the spider power, but you don't become Spider-Man until you jump off a building, I guess. That wasn't very clear. Uh, what part aren't you clear on? Well, he's like, I want to help take down the Kingpin. And they're like, no. And then Sweatpants Spider-Man webs him to a chair. And he's like, sit this one out. We're making you do that. Bye. Mm -hmm. And then he gets out with the spider powers. And then he like, go gets the, gets the suit and spray paints it and makes it his own. And then goes to a building and jumps off it and does crazy flips. And he's like, no, I'm Spider-Man. And then he's useful. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's... And they were saying... That's thing. Everybody had to do that. Everybody had like they got their powers, but they weren't quite Spider-Man until they did a thing. And I think Sweatpants Spider-Man actually says until you take a leap of faith, which yeah. I guess is more literal than I expected it to be. <laughs> uh, for, for Miles Morales, it's literal. It's a callback to when he was trying to make that jump off the building and just couldn't quite do it. Right? He couldn't bring himself to do the jump off the top one. It's yes. that's that's a, it's a very literal leap of faith. Yep, but it's also uh, like the internal emotional leap of faith to put yourself out there to try, and even if you fail, which all these other Spider Men and women have, to keep going to get back up. Right, it's that leap right, of right, faith. Right. Yeah, that's a big message: is to get back up. But to take the leap in the first place, I guess, is also how you become the spider. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that his Uncle Ben moment was significantly different than the Spider-Man we've been familiar with. Where, it's, mm -hmm. yes, it's his uncle, but <laughs> <laughs> it's more that his uncle was a supervillain secretly and chose not to kill Miles Morales. And as a result, was murdered by the Kingpin. And 
there's some guilt mm. there, yada, yada, yada. So that was good. Yeah. I'm a little annoyed that the Kingpin's gun just, like, instantly shot him, like, through his yeah. armor and stuff, and it's like, yeah. one one bullet? Okay. It's like, why is he wearing all this stuff if he's susceptible to <laughs> one bullet? Yeah. Also, well, maybe a headshot, but then it was entirely bloodless because well, that's what they're going for. I mean, there, there's a couple reasons why it couldn't have been a headshot. One, he has that, like, massive, like, cape collar thing that goes way up above the back of his head uh and you think two, that's bulletproof but like his breastplate isn't <laughs> i'm just saying it all should be like why not <laughs> it all should be <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it couldn't have been a hedge up because he talked afterwards <laughs> yes that was important he had to have some yeah. lines afterwards correct yeah he had to yeah. be alive enough for morales to carry him to an alley and have the the typical Spider-Man Uncle Ben moment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Magic bullets. Yeah. Anyway, I do. Like I said before, I like the idea of a young Spider-Man, and Morales is young. He doesn't quite have his life figured out, and he's like tasked with keeping the city safe now, and that's just an incredible responsibility. And I don't know. I'm looking forward to see more from him. Although I might have to go to the comics for it. I don't know. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So I laughed a lot and I cried a little bit and it was a good time. It was overall highly, highly recommended. If you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, you totally should. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you also give your recommendation or no? Nah, don't worry about it. Catch it on DVD. Okay. Somicron yeah. says, steal it from your parents when you visit on the weekend. <laughs> don't no, even pay for it. Go, go see it. It's good. It's a good time. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I totally forgot we were going to talk about that. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> a list of too many things to talk about is the problem. I'm trying to juggle oh, it all yeah. in my head right now. Oh, it's yeah. not going we have well. way why, too much to talk about. This is why I write stuff down, man. <sighs> did, all right. Did you write any of that down? <laughs> well, I also have this reply on the tweet because it kept going on the 23rd yeah. of December. Is uh, Also, we need to talk about Starship Goldfish. So did you watch that? No. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to talk about this quickly. So this showed up on Reddit uh, on the 23rd of December. It was a very it was a very highly voted top trending post. Bottom line is this guy had a vision for a TV show several years ago and was trying to crowdfund the money to animate it and get voice actors and make it happen. And it didn't really work out as much as he wanted to, so he just ended up doing the whole thing himself. He ended up like he did find a Hollywood actor to do the voice acting for a lot of the stuff. Uh, but a lot of the animation and stuff he ended up doing. And it took him five years to get it done. And the result, I love it. I like it so very, very much. It's basically a fairly typical at this point adult man-child. Who is Archer in a lot of ways. Who is like incapable of self-introspection. But at the same time, kind of brilliant at doing things for no reason. And he captains a ship in the far future. He has one other crew member. It's a robot named Ghostworth, which is a fantastic name for a robot sidekick. And he basically flies around and just causes mayhem. He responds to a distress signal by flying through the ship and murdering all the inhabitants. Because he thinks it'd be a fun thing to do, it's kind of unclear. Anyway, it's really funny. I laughed a lot during the whole thing. Uh, it was fantastic. I just, I don't know. I don't think, 
I don't know if it'll ever get made into an actual thing, but I would not mind watching more episodes of it. Apparently, a lot of the comments in the Reddit thread were that this is basically just a ripoff of Final Space, which is on Netflix right now, or in some countries is on Netflix right now. I've seen Final Space. It's good. Okay. And so, basically, they're saying there's no room in the market for another, you know kind of spacey type thing. I don't know how similar it is. I haven't seen Final Space, and you haven't seen Starship Goldfish, so we can't have that discussion. Right. Uh, but bottom line, I enjoyed it very, very much. And there are some other episodes kind of in there, but they're not fully animated. It's very storyboardy, and maybe one day it will be a thing. I just thought maybe people should check it out. I guess that's it, because you haven't watched it. Okay. All right. And then the other thing in the, the Twitter thread, Twitter reply thread, is a video called The Year Activision Blizzard Got Beep. Right, there's a lot of channels out there now these days that are commentating on the state of the video game industry at large and just kind of like to take separate um, views on separate games and different things that are going on. And uh, bottom line, it just kind of tracks all the problems that Activision Blizzard has had over the last year, mostly in 2018. And it's just kind of like one mistake after another, after another. And I don't know, we've talked about this a lot in the Discord. We've talked about this a little bit on my YouTube channel. It's kind of come up from time to time is how much control does Blizzard have over its own destiny right now? How much of the old guard Blizzard employees that made the company what it is through the 90s and 2000s are still there and still have a voice and still have control over what's going on? And sure, they were very... They were very uh, insistent on saying this was not an acquisition. Activision did not acquire Blizzard. It's a merger. But it feels like more and more Activision garbage is is seeping its way into Blizzard over time. And it's just kind of discouraging to see. Mm-hmm. Accurate. Yep. Did you watch this one? No. Okay. Fair enough. Actually, well, I, I did. Oh. But I don't remember anything that happened in it. Okie doke. Did you drink a lot over uh, over Christmas break? <laughs> no. No, I just, I watched it while playing a video game. Ah, uh, so retention isn't that great is what you're saying. No, but here's the thing. Uh, most of, like, the key points I can probably recall. It's like okay. Activision forced Blizzard to rush out uh, the WoW expansion, so that way they could still have, they didn't compete with, black ops release and stuff like this and it was a very rushed expansion it felt that way it still feels that way black ops is uh which isn't uh a, a blizzard product but uh i'm just gonna touch on that it's still got a terribly shit uh monetization system in it there's literally a scandal i think a couple days ago where they were um you can buy a reticle Right, like that's the in-game microtransaction is a slightly different reticle, and they were charging the dollar for it. What's, for a, what's a reticle? Like you know, a red dot sight on a gun. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of it being a solid dot, it was a hollow dot. And it was a dollar. And it was a dollar. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. overall complaint here is that it seems like Activision is pushing Blizzard more and more to be just a money-making company rather than focusing on making incredible games. And then mm. the money comes after because that is how that works. Yeah. 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 It's very, very sad. 
And I guess the okay. other thing, we've talked about this before, but just the whole Diablo Immortal thing, Blizzard from 20 years ago would, would just not do that. Blizzard from 15 years ago wouldn't wouldn't do that. They wouldn't take an existing IP, merge it into you know a horrible mobile experience, introduce it at BlizzCon to people who don't care about it, and then insult them when the people didn't receive it well. Yeah. You had a thing? I was just going to say, was there anything but horrible mobile experiences 15 years ago? Right, right, right. But I'm saying even if, like, right, the current state of mobile gaming exists in 2005 and Blizzard has the opportunity to do it, mm-hmm. I don't think they would do it. No, probably not. Well, it makes me sad. I mean, that said, I have pre-purchased Warcraft 3 Reforged. I'll be playing mm-hmm. that on the Twitch. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I thought Bird War Remastered turned out just fine. So I assume Warcraft 3 will be fine too. They didn't mess with it enough to really screw it up, even if they were trying to. Right, right. That said, I mean, any other major games that are coming out, I don't know how much I trust it. And that makes me sad. I mean, what else is coming out for Blizzard? I don't know. Things will come out. Things. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, obviously there will be an expansion for World of Warcraft at some point. Mm-hmm. And at some point they'll make another Warcraft game or Starcraft game. One of Theoretically. One of the two. Yeah, at some point. I mean, the, 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 there's probably going to be a line where they say, well, we can make an entire new game for uh, Starcraft or we can keep putting out new skins, which is going to make us more money with like less cost. Over time. And that is... Mm, I'm very sad. Yeah. So you might... We might be on StarCraft 2 for a bit longer still. Uh, the only other, like, mm. massive change recently that I can think of is that they shut down uh, Heroes of the Storm per scene, HGC. Correct. Yeah, which definitely like, feels like an Activision move because they're the money side. Yeah. And Heroes of the Storm wasn't as big as Dota or League of Legends or even as big as StarCraft. And no. it got cut. Yeah. Almost out of nowhere. Like, they didn't, there weren't any warning signs. It's not like they talked about this in the months saying, like, it's kind of anemic. We're not sure how the scene is going. They were just like, one day we're done. 2019 yeah. canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks. I don't think Blizzard would do that either if they had full autonomy. No. But, yeah. <laughs> course i say this and if blizz was like warcraft 4 january 2020 i'd be like i'm in (laughs) (laughs) sight unseen let me pre-purchase that now we don't we haven't done anything i don't care yeah (laughs) it's not great also starcraft like i don't i would (sighs) i'm sure sure you would i'm sure i would and then if it was garbage i could play it and complain about it and it would get millions of views because people like videos where people complain about stuff yeah but you don't do videos like that so i don't think you could you would get a lot of traction if you just out of nowhere did it i don't know man if i've been doing starcraft for five six years at this point and i had a video saying starcraft 3 sucks and here's why i imagine that would get one or two views oh yeah yeah you definitely get the usual like 20 to 45 percent of your subs like sub number in views yeah yeah but i'm not saying it would get huge i'm not saying you get millions of views but it would get attention for sure mm. okay it might even get more i don't know like if you saw that 
in your sub feed like would you be more likely to click on that than just a random you know Serral versus true game well I can here's the thing in both videos I can probably guess the outcomes <laughs> <laughs> yes one because it's in the title and two because it's also in the title in the title yeah yeah <laughs> yeah hmm. so we'll keep an eye on that I don't know also, I do want to point out that in the thumbnail for this, the year Activision Blizzard got bleeped. Uh, it's just, for no reason, it's Sylvanas, yep. like, looking hot undead. Yep. For no reason. It's like, here's Sylvanas's undead midriff, which looks amazing and not decaying, decaying and dead at all. Don't worry about no. it. Don't, don't think too much. Don't think too much about it. It's just hot. Click. Yep. Works, man. I need to work. I need to do this. I need to work on more <laughs> Just put Sylvanas in every picture. <laughs> <laughs> Just start reusing them after like three. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe for April Fool's I'll do that. That would be fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right. What's else, what else is on the list? Where are we going? Um, WCS Winter 2019. Yay! They announced it, finally. People were like, when are they going to announce it? We're getting nervous. They canceled Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, but here's the thing. This isn't strictly the World Championship Series. This clearly says that they're going to do something, right? Oh, this you're isn't... talking about this specific thing. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, because they didn't, they didn't specifically say, yes, we're going to be at Katowice, we're going to be at Austin, we're going to be at wherever montreal or whatever uh and then anaheim obviously they haven't actually announced that yet okay true no. but they did announce this winter thing yes uh, which is interesting and i saw it a is. lot of people kind of up in arms over the uh where the open qualifiers can get their spots okay i'm not that familiar with the details let me read here or you can just tell me um 32-person so, online tournament, one for the Americas, one for Europe. Mm -hmm. There was, a, I'm trying to see where it is, but it was basically like, um, out of uh, 32 slots or something, because they basically just split it between NA and the rest of the Europe. world. Well, oh, Europe, so you're yeah. saying 32 NA players are getting in and 32 no, no, European no. players are getting in. No, 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 it's like... Uh, NA's qualifier spots also include, I think it's China, Australia, and South America. Oh, that's weird. So that NA, like America itself at most actually only gets about four spots. Which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, we talked well, about this on the pod before. The USA is not putting out a ton of StarCraft II talent. Hmm. Yeah, true. Like, maybe. Like, who are the four? It's Neeb, it's Puck, it's maybe Future of Terran since he won Cheese at Elphia. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's M. Canning. Like, we're working real hard to find a fourth player here, and third is hard too. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm half remembering because this is what happens when we don't do a podcast for like three weeks. 
is that this came out December 21st, and I'm trying to remember what people were saying and why they said it was a problem. Okay. The, the person I just need to look up is Nathanius, because he's the guy that complains about everything. Especially when it good. comes to me with Australia on NA. And he's so charismatic about it. Sure. Sure, why not? It's a Somicron, sure. I want to disagree, but I don't care enough to disagree. Uh, I just don't think he's very charismatic. See? Okay, so here it is. Fear Dragon and Broke It Down. So the America's WCS preseason has 12 people from NA, 8 people from Asia, 4 people from China, and 8 people from the latter qualifiers. 12 well, you- people from NA? 12? <laughs> is it North and South America? Well... No, 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 because it's the Americas preseason, like, Americas in quotes, and then, but they also have include Asia, China, right? Asian and China servers, right? So that means Australia's also lumped in there as well. That means Canada and probably South America. Yeah, right? But then the Europe hmm. is literally just 24 players from open qualifiers and eight people from ladders. They do not break it down at all. I think that's fair. I think there are more, like, WCS... Round of 32, round of 16 quality players in Europe than there are in North America, South America, China, and Australia combined, honestly. Maybe. They also qualify Asia as Australia, New Zealand, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, Philippines, and Vietnam. Sure. As someone who just cast the WESG regional qualifiers for the entire world, I can tell you that's fine. <laughs> there are so many countries out there that have like one... Or maybe two representatives for StarCraft at this level. Maybe. <laughs> Some countries, we scheduled it and just nobody bothered to show up. Like, that's how few people there were in these countries that played StarCraft. <laughs> Which is upsetting, because if they just showed up, they would have won by default. I know, right? They would have gone to <laughs> WESG. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so maybe yeah, it's not a I problem. Think that's, I, think it's, I honestly think it's fine. I don't have any complaints. Fair enough. I mean, get good, I guess. If you want more representation in these things, like step up Canada and the U.S. and Mexico and Australia and South hey, America. Australia's got a, not enough pros, okay? We're doing just fine. Sure. If you think that's enough, I'm not going to contradict you. <laughs> <laughs> we have at least one. <laughs> <laughs> Upwards of one pro I mean, at this level of StarCraft. I can think of more, but there's clearly one who's the best. And whenever we send more, they always fail. So, Yeah. Well, it's like the US. We send Neeb, who's clearly the best. And sometimes we send Puck, and he doesn't do a whole lot most of the time. But he's fine. Hmm. Neeb does well, though. He, he, he actually uh, does well. Sometimes. Uh, uh, he used to. <laughs> I think he does better than Probe. Hmm. Probably. <laughs> Certainly. I mean, Puck's most recent achievements, according to Liquidpedia, for WCS stuff. Um, He got beat by True. He got beat by Neeb. He got beat by Peely Peely at WCS Austin, 3-0. to zero. Uh, He got beat by... Massa, he got beat by... I mean, like, he does okay, but when it comes down to qualifying for WCS events, he doesn't get there. 
So I just threw Neeb and Probop in Alugalak, and yeah. it Alugalak gives it to Neeb with a probability of winning a best of three at 93.41%. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Want to do Neeb, Neeb and Puck real quick? Uh, sure. Neeb and Puck. Uh, it gives it to Neeb with 82.92%. Yeah. See, that's the US state of things. Neeb is great. I love Neeb. We have a second kind of but not really kind of yeah i like puck he's a nice dude he works hard he streams all the time he's practicing I mean, you, constantly <laughs> you were giving uh avila some compliments in your cast today maybe you should uh consider him your second nope <laughs> oh, also i would just like to point out uh, a legalek puts two people above puck that you from the u.s about. from the u.s no who <laughs> uh future okay fair john snow and john snow i forgot about john snow john snow is a fine third player i like yes. john snow so that's what i'm saying we really don't have doesn't a know much but we have a bunch of people who are wait what <laughs> ah ah you leave john snow alone all he wants is what's best for the realm uh, that's another discussion for another day. Um, but the point is, it's Neeb, and then there's a whole bunch of players who are kind of around number two level, sort of, more like they're vying for three and there is no two. <laughs> and then you have countries like Poland, where they're top ten. You can get a top ten from that country. You can get a 16 from that country. And there's Germany, and there's France that has at least five great players each. All right, let's let's uh, look at Germany. Okay, so it's it's TLO, it's Showtime, it's Hasuabs, it's Sock, it's Goody, it's June. It's I mean, these are players you've heard you've, of. You, I've heard of the top two. You haven't heard of Sock before or Hasuabs? No. Oh, all right, fair enough. When, when I mean, when was the last? Okay, one. I'm looking at Germany, and it's Showtime, Lambo, Hero Marine, TLO. There's four. I don't know what yes. list you're looking at. I don't know what I was looking at either. Insane. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Not incredible. He's coming Fear. in at sixth. Fear. Fear's on the list. No, is Fear not on the Where? list? <laughs> I mean, Nowhere? he's a German player. Okay, great. So yeah, uh, that's what I said. Four or five, right? <laughs> you said, I said ten. Five. No, you no, said no, ten. For- Poland, I said 10. Oh, okay. 10 for, for Germany. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's have a look at Poland then. So maybe it's 8 oh. for Poland. <laughs> maybe 9. Uh, maybe 9? Okay. I'm not that far off. So, okay, you said you could name the top 10? Go. Okay. Uh, Let's go Elazer. Let's go Guru. Mm-hmm. Let's go uh, Indy. Yep. Who? Indy? Indy. Yep. Let's yep. go Mana. Mm-hmm. Nurcio. Yep. Rodzin? Rodzin. No. Romson? Romson? No. Hmm. Soul? Yep. Uh, Ziggy? Yep. You got three uh, left. You're at seven. Bl- blue? Nope. Not blue. Um, Gerald? Yep. Two left. Uh, this is getting real hard now. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing at this point. You, I mean, you've been guessing the entire time. Did 
you were guessing right before. I'm just doing what? Yes, because I had a good idea of who they would be. Now I'm guessing with no idea who they would be. It's a very different experience for me. I'm going to throw it out there. I've never heard of these two players. Okay. Um, nice nice, nice cue. Nice cue? No. Pal. No. Uh, did I say Jade? No. But no. no. Damrude? Nope. Dana? Nope. Dystar? Nope. Everize? <laughs> did you just look up a list of players? I did now. <laughs> it's Art. Art? And Christiana. I'm not sure how to pronounce that one. She's not even the list of Polish players on Liquidpedia. She doesn't exist. But apparently she's... Oh, uh, with a K. Yeah, she's ninth, right? She's above Indy. Okay, so Art has won a total of $3,000 in his entire life from StarCraft II. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian, Christianer, who is a dude, has made $451 okay. in his life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so fine. It's not 10. No. Seven? I mean, going from seven, that's still Art, Ziggy, Guru, Soul, Nurture, Mana, and Alaza. And frankly, I look at that list, and it's Alaza, Mana, Nurture that have any, like, decent prize earnings beneath them, and then maybe Soul. Yeah, Soul's made $25,000. He's ranked 50th on the WCS circuit right now. He, he's made $25,000 over six years. Yeah, and he's ranked 50th. I think WCS current rank is more important, honestly. Ziggy's 116th. Nurtio is 7. Mm, I, I, I'm actually just going to start looking at Liglet's worldwide rankings, and I think that'll work. Well, sure, but then you have Korea. <laughs> like, you, you, you can narrow it by non-Korea. Okay. Can you name the top 10 non-Korean players? The top 10 foreigner players? Yeah. Maybe. So I know it's mm. Cyril Showtime Special. Yep. Nope. Special's not three? He's not three. He is in top ten, but he's not three. Is he four? Nope. Holy crap, what happened to Special? Last I checked, I swear he was three. He's I was so eight. confident. He's eight? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he make it to round of, like, eight BlizzCon? Mm-hmm. Yep. How is he ranked eighth in foreigner players? That doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know. These rankings are questionable. There is a player that you definitely like in the third spot. That I definitely like? Mm-hmm. He's a young Zerg. Oh, young. Rainer? Yeah. I do love Rainer. Rainer is, is currently ranked third out of the non-Koreans. Hot diggity. I had no idea. Dude, mm-hmm. Special made the quarterfinals at BlizzCon. Mm-hmm. How is he ranked eighth in foreigner StarCraft two players? How do these don't rankings know. make any sense at all? <laughs> I don't know because I'm looking at Rainer is also eighth in the world, including Korea. <laughs> <laughs> nope, your rankings are questionable. I refuse to accept these. These are bad. Rainer's blame eighth in the world. <laughs> Honestly, blame blame, blame Ligulac, not me. I certainly will, Ligulac. <sighs> all right it's all we're, right, we're me, rapidly me, running out of time i know just give me the 10 oh the 10 you're on the 10 serok showtime reino euthermal neeb laser lambo special bligh and mana 
New thermal and Lambo and Mana are way too high. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Yep. There's like I love Mana. I love him so much. He's a great dude. He's been around for a long time. He's very good at StarCraft. He is not a top ten foreigner player in two thousand and nineteen. Uh, I mean Mana's up there because he made that Austin run. Right, right. He got to the finals. He did, but that was one WCS run for the whole year. Uh-huh. Compared to Is who that else? all it takes? Yeah. It's whoever's playing the best, and he got to a grand finals in a WCS event last year. Compare that to who DNS, who's at 15th. What did he do last year? Well, who's 11? Uh, Scarlet. That's fair. She didn't have a great year. 12? She won uh, 12th is Namshaw. She won uh, IEM. Pyeongchang. She Pyeongchang. won Pyeongchang. Yeah. Okay. But she won that earlier in the year. She won that like so... six months earlier in the year and is only one place below him. Your Oligulac rankings, the stuff you do depreciates over time. Yeah. That's fair. I forgot how we got here. Um, I'm not sure it matters. We were just talking about uh, WCS Winter and who gets oh, to go right. and what countries get the allotted number of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think the US and Australia and South America and China are embarrassing for the number of people from those countries that represent StarCraft on a high professional level for the number of people that exist in those countries. Mm-hmm. That's all. I wonder if like that reflects like Europeans ability to travel internationally quote unquote, you know, EU just yeah. wherever for like <laughs> like traveling for tournaments is just easier in Europe than it is in America, so they just fostered a better like local scene community kind of thing, and That's so a... you just got more players sticking around for longer. I can see that. Yeah. I can see easier travel being a big reason Europe's much better at this. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, how many people were great at StarCraft and had potential to get there, you know, from Australia or from the U.S. and then they said, wait. I have to fly how far? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There's a reason, like, Probe lives in Australia three months of a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Difficult. He, he's, I mean, he's doing well on the NA ladder. Last time I saw him post something, he was, like, ranked seventh. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like, I like I, Probe. Probe's cool. Yeah. Probe's cool. Good streamer. Yeah. But <laughs> speaking of streamers, I was watching uh, Innovation today. He uh, beat Special who's, uh, like, 800 MMR lower than him. Whoa, uh, okay. Innovation currently number one on the Korean ladder and cracked 7K MMR. Nice. Innovation yeah. killing it in the last couple months. Just on mm-hmm. fire. Yep. It's good. I like that he's streaming, too. All right. We are running out of time. Is there we anything are. else you wanted to yes. go? Yes. So quick talk about Mob Psycho 100. I do okay. promise to talk about some anime that I've been watching recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. It was referred to me by somebody in the Discord. I think it was Weeb. Who was like, hey man, you should watch this one. It's a good one. And he was not wrong. It's by the same dude who does One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can tell by the art style in a lot of ways. And that said, the art style is like rougher and dirtier and like uglier in this show than I've ever seen from an anime and maybe even any Western animation. Mm. Do you do you agree? No. Okay. What does it compare to? I I think it it's definitely like messier than I would say One Punch Man. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. One but Punch it's Man not, is gorgeous. 
Right, but this isn't exactly like okay. So maybe comparing it to like the art style of Into the Spider Verse, I think that's way more visually over the top than this is, and way more messy. I don't mean messy as in busy. I think Spider Man Into mm. the Verse universe or Into the Spider Verse is busy visually. Mm. But I think a lot of care was taken to have clean lines and right. Whereas, especially the first couple episodes of um, Mob Mob One. Oh my gosh! I just Mob Psycho One Hundred. Mob Psycho One Hundred. Thank you. The word was Psycho. I didn't know what it was for a second there. We're just having uh-huh. all sorts of brain problems on this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just the line. Like they don't really care about drawing straight lines. They don't really care about doing the human face like the human face looks. They do a lot of exaggerated features that are just kind of sloppily drawn, especially when people are showing extreme emotion mm. in a way that I just don't see anywhere else. Um, maybe you just don't watch enough anime is the problem with that. Because while mm. they like, it's a very unique way when they're showing emotion and it's very over the top, but I think that's very classic anime. Okay, so maybe it's that. is it harkening back to older style? Because a lot of the stuff that I've watched is very pretty and really doesn't do any of that stuff. Attack on Titan doesn't do that stuff. Tokyo Ghoul doesn't um, do that stuff. I think less serious things do it more. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Stuff that's, like, less serious is more like that. Yeah. Hmm. And you have a tendency to watch very serious anime. True. <laughs> yeah. True, true. I don't, I mean, I would almost categorize Mob Psycho 100 as serious anime too. I mean, there's funny stuff in there, but there's like, I don't know. I think there's I'm, more, there's darker stuff that's going on than a funny show. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I think it's like comedy is one of its clearer, uh, genres in there true, true, yeah, true. they're trying to be like, funny quite a bit i think it's an action comedy in equal parts okay i mean there is some drama too like there's the whole aspect where mob wants to be more like his brother who's a normal popular kid in school and his brother really wants to have the powers that mob does mm-hmm. right and that's not funny they just envy what their sibling has and they like are really upset they can't get it and that's yeah not, I... I mean that's a pretty serious theme yeah but i don't think they explore it quite well enough right like it's not because it's such an action comedy like if it's like 22 minutes in an episode you you divide that by three and you've got like six minutes of action six minutes of comedy and six minutes of emotional uh, exploration and drama and i don't think it's a full six minutes right i mean i guess seven minutes or whatever it is yeah I, i think i don't think they explore it well enough that's all well, they explore it more in later episodes. I'm only five or six I, episodes in, but I am further I, than you. I, nope. No, you're not. Oh, you're caught up. <laughs> Fair I enough. Got to, I, I'm, I, I'm about to start episode 10 or 11. Oh, dang. You surpassed me. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you know what you're talking about then. Deal. Yeah. Also, so for those of you who are super lost right now, it's basically the story of a middle schooler who has incredible what they call psychic abilities. He has telekinesis. He has the ability to sense the supernatural and paranormal and basically banish evil spirits who are causing trouble for humans in the world. Mm -hmm. He's incredibly gifted at it. 
Uh, he's really worried about his powers being too strong. He keeps everything locked up and repressed inside for the most part because there was this one time that his powers did some things and he thinks hurt his little brother at the time, so he doesn't want to do that again. All right, that's something that's annoying. His little brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally drawn to look like he's older. Yeah, I totally thought he was older for the longest time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was annoying. But I mean, it just just follows the mob around, follows the kid around as he just tries to make friends and tries to get the girl and tries to do normal middle school stuff all at the same time being a terrifying power uh, in this world. And... Mm. It's good. It very much has a monster of the week theme, at least through the first five or six episodes where he encounters an evil spirit or another power that he has to fight against. And how he chooses to interact with these is very interesting in a lot of ways and pretty funny. And it is it is very Saitama from One Punch Man because he just doesn't show a lot of emotion for the most part. And it's because One Punch Man is bored and it's because Mob is trying to repress his emotions, I think. But different reasons, but very similar reactions to stuff. I mean, in a lot of ways. Saitama shows his emotions a lot more than this kid, right? Like he does. The 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 like the the the, the what the one hundred in the title means is there's a running counter in each episode that's uh, his like emotional okay. unbalance counting Explosion. up to hundred, and when it gets there, he explodes, yeah, and it's a massive unleashing power, right? And he will show virtually no ex- uh, emotion between zero and a hundred right correct where saitama will yell at genos if he implies that he's eating seaweed because he's bald right right and he'll be upset if a if a monster fight makes him miss coupon day yes yes very true but there are a lot of moments in one punch man where there's just a huge terrifying monster who's monologuing about how strong they are and saitama is entirely nonplussed he just doesn't care he doesn't react in any way to this guy yeah, when a yeah. normal person would, right? Well, also, yeah. uh, trailer for season two just came out. No, is there a date? Uh, no, maybe I haven't seen the trailer. LPM season two. Search, 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 search. There's nothing since August. Boo. What are you on about? I don't know. I'm searching One Punch Man season two, and there's links from August in here. Google doesn't know what you're talking about. I have a article from Polygon that finally has a trailer and release date from December 26th. Uh, link it? Sure. Man, I love One Punch Man so much. I know, I know you do. I don't uh, care if it never progresses April. in story. April! April! <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm glad we did this podcast just for this reason. That's it. <laughs> not, not because you got to talk to me, okay? Nope. Well, in that talking to you, showed me when One Punch Man season two is coming out. So yes, um, looking for a date here, Samacron. Right, right at the bottom, right at the at bottom. At the end. Okay, cool. Oh, I'm so happy. And remember how we talked about you really need the Darth Vader movie to have progress, and the character needs to change. I don't care. I just want Saitama <laughs> to beat the snot out of huge world-ending monsters in every episode, and I will take it. Mm-hmm. Because the person that shows emotional progression is not Saitama in the film, in in One Punch Man. I mean, is it is it is it Genos? G- Genos, it's Genos. S- sort of, sort of, yeah. Like he meets <laughs> right. Don't, Saitama don't mean, and is like, I want to be like him, and that's his <laughs> character arc. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a very base level view, but yes. Uh, <laughs> 
the, the show does not have a, an awful lot of character growth, but it is there. Sure. A tiny bit. Fair enough. Tiny bit. Like, we'd have to do a whole other episode on One Punch Man, and it's already way too hot and way too late for that. For this it episode. Is. Yeah. It is, but... Anyway, Mob Psycho 100 is pretty good. I would recommend it. Somicron, thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, thumbs up so far. I'll let okay. you know how it ends. <laughs> Fantastic. It's one season of 22, 24-minute episodes, so it's not that much of a commitment, really. And uh, it's on Crunchyroll in the U.S. Yeah, there's also a miniseries and a movie, I think. Oh, there is a live-action Netflix movie, which cannot possibly be good, because these are never good. <laughs> really? Name one. No, no, no. about I mean, this. I mean, really, oh. is it going to be a Mob Psycho live-action movie? No, there is a Mob Psycho <laughs> live-action movie on Netflix. My buddy showed me today. It exists. <laughs> oh, dear God. I can't. To... I'm trying my best to forget that it exists, to be honest. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I have to see if it's on Australian Netflix. It's a Netflix original, <laughs> so it should be. Oh, yep, there it is. <laughs> yeah. And so I just looked at the uh it's like a movie, art. it's a TV show. Yeah, sorry. It's a it's an episodal thing, episodic thing. So I just yeah. looked at the cover art and I was like, Kevin, they I mean it looks like they did the casting for Mob Right. And he's like, How hard is it to find a thirteen year old Japanese kid and give him a bowl cut? And I was like, Fair enough. <laughs> that is an accurate comeback to what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean if they'd screwed it up, I don't know how they could have <laughs> screwed it up. <laughs> oh amazing i mean it looks like a live action ad- adaptation so it, that's what it is it's middling reviews at best that is what yeah. i would say that's what i'm saying netflix loves doing this and they're never smash hits i don't get why they bother i think they're better over like in japan i think i think japan actually loves these things are they well received in Japan? So research that one. Yeah. All right. So on a final note, instead of a sports minute, because I don't really have anything super sportsy to talk about this week, I'm just gonna share a super weird thing in my life that I forget exists every once in a while, and then it pops back up. So I have a neighborhood watch page on Facebook where they just report stuff like this, you know, my car got broken into last night, like, well, you know, make sure you lock your cars in this area. And here's a ring video of these dudes that broke into my house and stole everything. We've got them on camera because mm-hmm. of ring and just keep an eye out for me, please. And uh, so there's someone in my neighborhood who has the first and last name of a girl that I had a major crush on from eighth grade all the way until 11th grade when i was a kid okay it is not her just happens to have the identical name identical name first name last name spelled the same and every to a t (laughs) and every time i'm looking at the neighborhood watch page and i see a comment by this person i'm like wait what Oh, right. No, that's an entirely different individual (laughs) that lives in my neighborhood that has the same name as this girl that I crushed on hard 20 years ago. Right, right. Okay. Is she like the right age? Like, what's the the giving away feature? How did you work out that this isn't your... uh, Oh, profile picture. Okay. (laughs) What, like... 
Could you be more specific? Like uh, it's not the same person. I mean, yeah, but it's twenty years later. Like, yeah, people, I, I would be very surprised if it was the same person twenty years later. How do you know if she just doesn't look differently now? I don't. Don't make me look into this, Summer <laughs> I don't want to. Inv- I don't know who this person is. It's not like. I'm friendly with this person. I don't know. No, no, no. I, don't, I have okay, no idea. How do you how do you know? Like, does she like what's the defining features that are different? Everything. She's I mean, okay. So it's it's a white woman who's maybe about the right age for this to be a thing. But <laughs> and yeah, the hair color is the same. But I don't know. She's changed her profile picture at least two or three times in the time I've been on the page, and it's always a, it's always the same person, and it's just different. It's different eyes. It's different nose. It's a different everything. It's a different person. That's it. The end. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And it's not you like did. she's okay. And it's not like she's fat either, because that could change her face pretty significantly. Right. 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 So no, yes. not fat, and looks different, and we're done. That's it. Okay. Okay. Is, is is she like married and it's in a partner's name or is that her maiden name? Like, yeah, I don't know. How, how, like in you, one of the profile pictures, she's with a dude. I don't know. If she's married to him, and I don't know. If she, right? I don't know. If she took her husband's name when they got married. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. Okay, so you've not gone full stalker to Heck find no. out. No, no. You just no looked at a profile to. picture and said that, that that doesn't really look like a woman I knew twenty years ago. Correct. Not hmm. her. Okay. Okay. The Fair end. enough. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I think that's it. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think we're done here. If you have any questions or feedback for the pod, please hit me up at falconpaladin at gmail.com. Or, oh, crap. Hold on a second. There, okay. was, a, there was a ladder story that somebody sent in before okay. the pig podcast, and I didn't get to it because it was the pig podcast. Right. And I felt really bad because it was going to be another two weeks before I even got around to talking about it. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This person emailed it to me at falconpaladin at gmail.com on November 30th. Uh, so I think I forgot about it for a couple of weeks and then we did the pig podcast. So it's been a while. It's been a while. So, um... Fire Eye, I apologize. I hope you're listening, and I hope you hear me tell this story. He says, here you go. It's not a great story, but I thought it was worth telling. So he says, one game I got bunker rushed while I was doing my standard zealot rush. (laughs) Because (laughs) apparently that's how PVT works these days. Uh, And then, but he waited till I had a robo for warp prism, and then he just made, and then I just made a few immortals, and then I crushed him. The next game, same map, a different guy, got bunker rushed again, but this time I scouted and ignored the lack of barracks because it's bronze and assumed he just sucked. But this time, he'd put his bunker inside my main and lost, and so now I know to scout the opponent and my main. Then I became friends with this guy, and we lost all five of our 2v2 ladder placement matches because we tried to dual cheese, and I don't know how to cannon rush, and now we're 2v2 bronze three, which is kind of embarrassing, because I'm actually in gold. <laughs> there you go. Well, that'll happen if you try to cheese your placement matches. <laughs> and don't know how to do it properly. I think if you knew what you were doing, you could probably win a couple games. I don't know. Mm, yeah. I mean... Okay. Is our link well, I'm glad you made a friend. Cheese? Probably not. Uh, uh, probably. Maybe. 
We win the game by five minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If it's my... But we go... No, I go hatch first. It's weird for it. I don't know. You go hatch first. Matter. I don't go hatch first. That's true. You probably save it to be actual cheese. So anyway, thanks FireEye yeah. for sending that in. If you have a funny ladder story or experience you'd like me to read on the podcast, send it to falconpaladin at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions and don't want to talk to me, you can hit up Somicron at ATSomicron on Twitter. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Please check out the merch. There's a link in the show notes. You can get a pillow. You can get a shirt. You can get a mug and a hoodie. It's wonderful stuff. Christmas is over, but maybe buy yourself a nice Christmas gift because you didn't get the stuff that you wanted for actual Christmas. Yes. All right. So thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. Love you guys. And until next time, as always, you take care of yourself.